and we're live! Hello and welcome to episode 106 of the Fans of Power podcast. I'm Tyler Baker, and uh, Joe Amato is with me here, and Doug is with us always in spirit. Always. So we uh, thank everybody to uh, for tuning into this latest edition of uh, keeping this property alive and well, and just praising its many aspects and characters and stories and theories and aspects and arguments, debates, what, whatever, whatever, uh, even possible dumbass uh, posts saying the movie's coming next Christmas. Won't stop, will it? First, let me... Won't, won't, won't get... stop at all. Won't stop. I saw someone post it and I looked at it and I'm like, dear God, this is... Someone's just... Uh, some just movie website or, or some... I, I didn't even bother to look at it. I, just saw I didn't it even look at the site either. I, I Every time I see it, it's just like, here we go. But first, I wanted to say hello to JSP in the chat room. And David uh, McMullen, thank you for joining us in the chat room. And I also want to give a shout-out. I am not going to forget this week. I've been wanting to give oh, a yeah. shout-out. Yeah, because uh, this guy has been – he's always sharing on Facebook. We really appreciate it. It's Daniel Carhunen. You know, he's always, uh, you know, sharing our podcast and, you know, gives us feedback. And I just want to say thank you and appreciate, you know, everything you do for us too. Yeah, Daniel's been quite supportive and, and even writes descriptions of, of his thoughts and what we do and things like that for certain episodes. So um, we thank you very much for that constant support, Daniel, and everybody else who uh, takes time to share or tells their friends about about us. And we just want to encourage people to listen more and more yeah. from, Always. You know, from start here. If this is your first episode, that's more than fine. We've got over 100 episodes for you to go back and and uh you know whet your appetite and, and get you interested in master of the universe and shira and everything in between and and outside as well so it's always appreciated but um well i wanted to say there's you know beyond the one topic that always keeps getting recycled again like we talked about the movie something else that's popped up a couple times is this rumor of hasbro buying out or merging with mattel oh, yeah. you know it's came up a couple times but it just came up again recently but you know i never really kind of like discussed the thoughts on that like if it was to happen I mean, is that something you'd be excited about? Would it freak you out? Because the possibilities of things and, you know, crossovers with other toys that they do, you wonder, could that happen? I mean, I, there's things I have in my head, which I ramble about, but what do you think about a possible merger if that was to happen? You know, like, what what are some of your thoughts? Um, one thing the praise Hasbro, they don't shy away from their adult collector's lines, like Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Transformers. They cater to new fans as well as the the fans who've kept these properties alive since their inception. So, um, I'd like to think that Hasbro is aware of Mattel's past, the the things that they've done, particularly with He Man, Brave Star, Captain Power, things like that. That um, where Hasbro is not afraid to, you know, what we're going to launch a separate line for adults, put them in stores. You know, not worry about, oh, we're going to make it strictly this small little, I mean, it's, you know, it's all, it's all hypothetical and maybe Hasbro could care less about what Mattel's done in the past and just wants to use their, the licensing that they, that they've acquired and things like that. But that was, that was the first thing that came to, came to mind when I, I saw that I didn't really read the article about it because it was like, all I saw was that they were making a, a bid to purchase Mattel. I'm like, well, if, you know, you automatically think He-Man can cross over with Transformers and, 
That was my uh, yeah, right there. That's one of my big initial thoughts is because like that. Not that that's something that has to happen, but I would love it though. I mean, whether it be something yeah, that could be cool in topic form or toy form. I mean, like the one big no brainer. We've said it before, but I mean, I just would crack my pants if I could get a battle ram that would transform into a figure and a spider and a land shark. Like they did a cross of transformer vehicles of masters vehicles. Those would be cool. Yes, they would. Yeah. Oh my god, I piss my pants. I mean, that would just. God, that would be awesome. The Wind Raider, Attack Track, anything you could think of. I was like, oh, my God, how cool could it be? So that's what I guess I got most giddy about, except, you know, I mean, besides, well, what what if they could possibly do, you know, some kind of comics, too. But either way, um, it would be interesting. Is it going to happen? We're not quite sure. But uh, it's just something that popped up again. I figured, you know, might as well touch on it a little bit because, it, you know, I, I don't think we've ever really discussed that, the possible merger. If you know that was to happen, how cool would it I, be? I, just heard about it. I think it was yesterday. I, I read it somewhere on Facebook and, and saw that they had made a bid. Is it th- Saturday or Friday? But um, hell, in this day and age, anything's possible. Disney can buy Marvel. I heard Disney's trying to make an attempt to buy 20th Century Fox. You know, uh, Disney's which, taking over everything. It's like, Jesus, it's like they're taking over the world. <laughs> yeah, the Disney, of- Disney does work with Hasbro. Yeah, yes, they do. They do. There's, there's, you know, all these things could really just be intertwined. You know, Playmates and a few others would probably be the only ones on the outside that haven't been bought. But, yes. I mean, it, it's it's fun to think about, you know, but um, they may not be any – I mean, I, I just – I kind of feel like if it came down to it, I think Hasbro would be uh, not a bad group to deal with. Um just because of their their push for, you know, uh, Generation 1 stuff for Transformer fans, doing consistent G.I. Joe, uh, you know, from the, the online, or not the online, the, the, the subscription line they've done, plus the, the line. Wars, I mean, they got so much. Yeah, you're right. They have so much. I mean, Jesus, like you said, G.I. Joe, Star Wars, Transformers. I mean, they have some and of Marvel, the- Marvel. I mean, they, they do yeah. the Marvel Legends line, you know, amongst all the other stuff. And they... Uh, they 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 very res, res, they respond to adult collectors so you kind of feel like in that regard he-man if it were to be something hasbro would be interested in pushing may not be in the, you know the such bad hands because they they like to capitalize on adult collectors who like to buy anything with that name slapped on it so yeah so we'll see i mean it's it'll be interesting if something comes from it it's a pipe dream but it is cuz it's been around for a bit. I mean, not as long as the almost 16 years of a movie coming out, but it's it's been there for just a little bit. So just one of those other kind of rumors. But we're not touching the movie because we touched it a thousand times. I don't even want to discuss uh, no, that. So we're not gonna, yeah, we're not going to even discuss that. But I also want to say hello to Tom Charlton. He's in the chat room. Thank you for joining us also. And, yeah, so, well, we have uh, – we have a couple little things we'll talk or I mean, well, a couple topics where we'll be talking about some of the main robots in Masters Pop, New Adventures, and also we'll be doing, uh, discussing the Mask of Evil, Golden Look. But uh, I thought we'd start off with the robots. So let's let's talk with some of the main robots, Tyler. Which one, I don't know, do you want to hit first? What are some of the ones that pop right into your head when you think of some of the, the best robots, you know, in Masters Pop, New Adventures? Uh, we, we've got your... Cannon fodder robots, you've got your individual robots, you've got, you know, random, you know, larger-than-life robots that get, you know, crushed and defeated. But, I mean, obviously, Roboto, Faker, Multibot, Dylamug, uh, Blast Attack, uh, uh, 
the horror troopers, the hover robots, Artilla. Um, well, of course, Artilla is more of a cyborg. Um, uh, well, Twistoid, you know, Twistoid, he is a robot. Twistoid, Twistoid's a robot, yeah. I mean, there, there's, you know, um, uh, I was trying to think. I feel like I left out one of the other heavy hitters from the, um, I, I, a Mosquito, even though he was a created, I think he's kind of a cyborg as well. He's not a robot. Yeah, throw the um, cyborgs, that could be a little iffy, because then you'd be thinking about Dragstore, too, and Extendar. Well, Drag- and- the human that became a, a machine, kind of like a Robocop kind of thing, whereas Roboto is a flat-out machine. Multibob is created as a machine. Dialamug, who's got a a hardcore personality, is a machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like artificial intelligence, you could almost say. Um, but, um, yeah, that... I mean, th- those are some of the big ones. I mean, obviously, you could probably think of like Bellatron from D- Disappearing Dragons. You could think of Aramish from that awful episode, Return of Evil. Is he is he considered um, a robot? Would you say? I-, I always thought he was a robot. I mean, I guess maybe not in this. He's got too much of a personality, I guess. But then again, too, robot robot has been d- depicted with, you know. Especially in the vintage line from various books, he has a bit more of a personality as opposed to something that Manor was just created to be on patrol. Yeah, because even uh, in one of the Golden Books, remember he came from another planet with all his fellow other. Yeah, and even in the filmation, he he cr- crash lands from uh, Ro- Robotica. That was the name of his planet in that. So it, it just depends, but essentially we're looking at something that's you know, is flat out mechanical all around. Yes, the ro- robots are going to supposed to have some sort. Of, even the even the horde troopers have got personality at times. So I like see that's what I wanted to talk about. I mean, because like I said, we could discuss a lot of them, but the horde troopers is what always fascinated me because at some point they seemed like they could have been human because remember yeah. they're sneezing. You know, they're sneezing at Pepper. You know, it seems like they're having drinks and food, or but then later pie and having beers. Yeah. There, yeah. there you go. And, but then later on, they become basically cannon fodder. They're getting smashed into like flat garbage can lids and all other kinds of nonsense. So it's like you wonder, were they originally just going to be like almost like stormtroopers, you know, like people wearing outfits? But then they figured, let's jazz it up and let's have it to where they can, Shira can, you know, kill or destroy things, you know, to, not kill. But you know I mean, since she can't, can't kill. She can maybe, actually cause da- physical damage yes. to- Exactly. To where they're shattering, exploding, smashing or something. But I, yeah, I think I enjoy them. I don't know. That's kind of tricky. I almost was going to say I kind of enjoyed them as robots more. But then I was like, sometimes, I don't know. I like to think that maybe there is a personality. Like there could be a rogue trooper with its own brain, its own mind. I think that maybe that that Hordak used humans and they dressed up in those outfits like a secret of the sword where they have the different helmet with like the black eyelid, the black eye sockets. Mm Mm-hmm. Like maybe those are humans who who joined up, and then I guess Hordak decided. You know, that's when Hordak moves more towards full on technology. Like, why use humans at all? They 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 have personality. They can think, and they can uh, choose not to do this anymore. I, I create armies of robots. Expendable do. Yeah, and they could be expendable. He doesn't have to really worry about if any anybody dies. And, you know, even him as being you know a leader, he doesn't want his warriors dying. So to have expendable robots, he could just mass produce thousands and thousands to take into war with him. So yeah, you're right. Maybe they started off as humans, then he had those, and you never know. Maybe it could still be some that could be like humans in you know disguised as those horde troopers. 
But yeah, the Horde Troopers were, you know, like I said, I, I see those debates a lot if they're robots or people, and it usually comes up because of the sneezing at the pepper and then the food and the beans. Well, I mean, strictly, that's just for comedic effect. It's a cartoon for children, girls and boys, to see robots sneezing. You're going to see, you know, we've seen doorknobs uh, sneezing in She-Ra. We've seen a, a wide variety of talking trees and talking this and talking that. It's, you know, I, I not to think that there's, you know, uh, a human being inside this tree that's making him talk and say, hey, let me sleep. You know, it's it's just, you know, no, nothing more than that. I, I, I don't, plus I don't like, to, I mean, yeah, it doesn't make much sense. What, what, what is a horse trooper doing in the Laughing Swanee and, you know, ordering what can only be assumed as some sort of beer of some kind? But it's just, it's just to play up what guys are doing in a bar. And even though they're robots... They've got personality. They've got names at times. Um, yeah, they did. Yeah. You know, maybe at some point, yeah, not to say that it, it, it couldn't be possible, but I still like to think that all these horde troopers are designed with a certain a certain level of personality, but they are, I mean, like they're all trained to fear Hordak or fear whoever is in charge of them on that particular mission. You know, like they, they, they can understand what they can and cannot do, but they are strictly programmed to follow the Horde's orders at times. Even though they get scared to see Shearer or Bo. <laughs> right. You know, like, uh, you know, Bo's over. I mean, but then they all, it's, it's, it's overthinking it too much. It's, it's strictly done for comedic effect when they sit there and say, oh, Bo's over there. I can't go over there. I get my ass kicked. Yeah. And then they also make different versions like, you know, the aqua troopers or aquatic yep. troopers, you know, so that's kind of cool because there's different versions for different situations that they can yeah. have. So I like the thought of that. And I also like the thought of like, you know, every type of faction having their own kind of, you know, robot. Because like you said, yeah. I mean, you know, Horde, Hordak has the Horde Troopers, and Skeletor has, you know, Faker and his Hoverbots, and, he, you know, the Masters of the Universe. They have Roboto. And then it comes to, like, the Snakeman, the big debatable one. Now, when you come to Blast Attack, to me, I always thought of him as, yes, I thought of him as a member of the Snakeman, even though the card, you know, his card back he comes on does not say Snakeman. And in, obviously in a lot of other media he's portrayed, like in the Marvel comics and some other you know, yeah, stories Yeah, but that, that, you cannot but hold the, that as a reliable source because when they have Squeeze as a member of the Horde, about right. an issue, like... Everybody's on everybody's... You, you right. can't use that as a reliable source. That's what I try to bring up, too, is... Yeah, yeah, you're right. When they're having everybody from, you know, from this faction, that faction, all with Skeletor, you know, it doesn't make sense. So I go by the mini comic because it said King Hiss created. Oh, let me Blast ask Attack. this. What, what other stories in, that include Blast Attack have him as a member of, of the Evil Wars where he is actually created by by Skeletor or Spike or, or Trapjaw or somebody who is, you know. Well, I'm like I said, I'm trying to think of the other stories I've seen. I don't know if it was something in the UK comics, and I couldn't even remember if in the maybe the Masters of the Universe magazine, maybe in one of those stories they depicted him working with Skeletor. I'll have to look back because I don't want to sound, you know, like I don't know what I'm talking about. But I'll admit I'm not quite sure if in that magazine comics they had blasted. Attack, you know, with Skeletor. But, no, you're right. I mean, we know the, the Star Marvel, you know, comic to where he was with Skeletor. But I always go by the mini-comic. You know, when you're a kid and you got your figure, that's what most people related with. You got your figure, you had the comic with, 
who didn't read the comic right when they had it? They'd start relating, like, oh, this guy's with the Snake Man. It says King has made him. And I like the thought of the Snake Man having their own kind of robot, too. I mean, what's wrong with the Snake Man having a robot? In fact, his helmet always reminded me of somewhat of a snake. It like it looked like there's two eyes, like, at the top of the helmet that comes over, you know, the top of it. That even almost looked like it was snake eyes. But, and there's, like, different versions. You know, if you look at how he was portrayed in the Star Marvel comic, he split apart to where this half, it was so asinine if you think about it, a half of the body with one leg and one arm is fighting this person and something's fighting the other. But when you look at it in the context of the mini comic, he's more of like, to me, a concussion bomb, meaning he's sent in there, he explodes to like maybe not murder and kill, but basically cause damage, maybe cause people to be knocked out and cause a scene, and then he will go back together. But that's how he appears to me, at least in that context of the mini-comic, is like a concussion bomb. He explodes, that's his point, and then comes back. Compared to, I just didn't like that in the Star Marvel where, I mean, are you really going to have a hard time fighting somebody that's on one leg and one arm and half a body? I just, I hated that depiction myself. I hated it, and that's the version that would be with Skeletor. It's like, I'll take the, I'll take the King Hiss mini-comic one any day, if I had to choose. Uh, I'm, I've always preferred him to be essentially, he's a, um, kind of like a, a, a kamikaze warrior. Like he's, a, obviously he's programmed to go into battle like Faker and Robata would be, but at certain moments you could probably either feel like King Hiss could be watching from a distance and hits, hits a, a remote, a button of, or some, or trigger something that allows blast attack to, okay, I've got, I'm surrounded by eight evil warriors here. You know, I'm going to go and take them all out, and it just explodes mm-hmm. completely. Like the whole point of him exploding is to take out the surrounding enemies, not necessarily split apart and start fighting like Maja, like a multibot would do. I don't they like can that. Split little, I just like he is created. I mean, you can put him back together, of course, I guess, or say or say the impact that that's what he is. He has a self destruct like Cyrax in Mortal Kombat. Like Predator, when he uh, is, you know sets off his self destruct mechanism, that's what Blaster Tech. He's a self destruct evil, uh, you know, uh, uh, ro- ro- uh, robot for the Snake Men. You know, you know, with people like the the idea that uh, you know people, uh, you know, will give their lives for snakes, and like they 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 need um, human sacrifices and things like that. You know, they swallow. You know, to follow the two thousand X canon, whereas this warrior will will essentially self destruct itself. In the name of the Snake Man, walk right into the halls of Snake Mountain. You know, they don't know who he is. Where does this robot show up? Trigger it and blows up. You know, the the, the council chamber of Skeletor's throne. You know, that's, what that, that's how I've always seen. I've never, I you know, yes, I see him depicted other, but I mean, to me, he's like a suicide bomber. He's programmed to go into battle, and at the right time, you can trigger him to blow himself up. Yeah, that's and yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I like too. I like the exploding factor to where he can take out enemies, and depending on if there's like whatever kind of magical material King Hiss used to bring them back together, or he just gets put back together. But I like the thought of like an explosion, and then shh, somehow maybe this is a special metal that maybe King Hiss, you know, found. Or the, 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 when he splits, it emits a certain blast. 
Yeah, and it's, it's enchanted oh, so to where it can come back together. So that's why, yes, he's he's very resourceful and very useful to where he doesn't want his snake, you know, his snake men, the living ones, to die or have any, you know, worry of them, you know, getting killed. So in certain situations, yes, he could send in his robot, explode, maybe even to catch everybody off guard, blow some, you know, blow some away. They're knocked off. They're off balance. They lost their weapons. And then here come in the snake men to take up, you know, everybody that's caught off guard from that explosion. So that would yeah. be cool. And real quick, I did want to say hello to Spike or Evil Master of Untouchable Combat. He's in the chat room. He's joined us again. So thank you, because he was here for our other podcast. And he said in his headcanon, Blast Attack has always been a member of the Horde. He says stylistically, he just fits them better. And, you know, I mean, hey, that's what's cool about Masters. You can take anybody and put them with, you know, whatever faction you do want. If that's how you just play, that's awesome. But, yeah, as for me, yeah, Blast Attack, he's just... It's it's good to have uh, the Snake Man have a robot. I always wanted him to be with them, especially from seeing that in the mini comic. That's where he belongs. It's like I always thought every faction has it. And then you go to um, well, let's go to the Evil Warriors. You know, we have Faker. You know, for, and we have the Hoverbots. Now the Hoverbots that, that always looked really cool, but it seemed like they would always just in hell. Didn't they even start appearing in uh, you know, they appear in Shira at times, and it seemed like they're just. Always there just to get smashed to bits, but they looked cool. I liked seeing like that one scene. You'll know the episode. There was an episode I thought I remember, like these doors open. You seen Skeletor stand there, evil in, and then a whole bunch of like hoverbots and some of his other warriors. I can't remember the filmation episode, but I always thought it looked cool as hell this way he was standing like that. Do you remember the episode that might have been? Uh, Diamond Ray disappearance. Oh, so well, oh, God, Jesus, right off the start. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's got Merman, Beastman, Evil, and then hover robots are hovering right behind. It's a, a very epic-looking piece of animation to have them in Skeletor standing there looking all triumphant. You know, it just it, it was an image I, I found to be kind of kind of scary and creepy as a kid because it was just, oh no, they're taking over. Here they are, and it's such a, a, a force. So, and to see the hover robots, robot knights to me, that's how I, they were introduced to me. I, I lean more towards that title too. Just Fanboy talking there, but I have a special place in my heart for those hover robots. Yes, there's they are there for Heman to crush, destroy, for Ram Man to smash the hell out of, and anybody else for that matter. All Battlecast got to do is sit there and snarl at one, and it falls apart because it scared itself. <laughs> you know, but that, that's what they're there for. But they do look cool because, well, plus they can fly something that the majority of the Horde Troopers can't do, and fire projectiles, laser beams, their hands can turn into saw blades. You know, they they are efficient, you know, killing machines. But when you, you throw them in front of a lot of the heroic warriors, yeah, they're going to be destroyed just like the Horde Troopers. They're going to be crushed by Frosta, Glimmer, you know, Natasa, and so on and so forth. That's what they're they're meant to do. But they all look cool. And, and even throwing in which is something, unfortunately, we were not, but it's tease enough, is the Snake Man Horde Troopers that uh. you look at the card back, when you punch them, they explode as well. So I, I was looking at that over the weekend, and uh, I just thought, if we'd have gotten those, were they, were they meant to be robots that either were, were Snake Men that were taken captive or or kind of like universal soldier all these dead snake men that hordak has found let's salvage them let's 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 make troopers out of these dead snake men that we've killed 
and see if we can can't you know have all these snake men working for us. You know, did they have uh, official uh, names? Of what the logic behind? Because when you see, I think it's Strobo is punching one of those snake men, and it explodes just like the standard horde trooper. So Mattel is planning on recycling that same gimmick, but making it black, which would look really cool with a green. I'm assuming a green snake man head on top. And, was there ever any official names for those? I know that some names of the real names were popped up. Oh, the I'm pretty sure for the White Ninja it was Samurai and, and Plasmar and Lord Grasp and, and Terror all had original names aside from what was given to them. <laughs> those guys, I don't if they were maybe the power someone from Power and Honor Foundation is aware of that or someone who's you know, got some you know, maybe maybe another Andy's is you've got paperwork that shows that kind of documentation. But I don't think as far as you know, those snake troopers had a specific name. Okay. But it, but it's curious because I was just like looks like they were supposed to be some sort of robot or cyborg or something to that extent. So I'm you know, kinda of leaves leaves the, leaves it open to imagination and interpretation as to what the horde was doing with that one. It, I mean, no, true, and I always love how, you know, something, you know, unique always pops up, like, you know, when those images first popped up, you know, a while back from Power and Honor, when they showed those Errol McCarthy, all these concepts, I mean, they were just blowing our minds, because we never heard, never seen that type of stuff, and it makes you wonder if there's other hidden little treasures out there, like, you know, maybe they were even having some story developed, where they were starting to write down possible story of upcoming mini-comics that maybe somebody has their hands on, you know, that would just be amazing if something like that came up, and that we did get to find out, if they were going to be like cyborg snake warriors or, or whatever their gimmick was, maybe they were just snakes that wore this armor where the armor explode, you know, exploded, and it was just you know like just decaying, you know, snake body underneath. You know, we'll never know. But if something like that ever came up, it, that would just be more icing on the cake because we're always finding these little hidden treasures that somebody's you know finding out of nowhere that you would never think is going to come. Yeah, and I, I hope I hope that that that's something that Super Seven. I know they were gracious enough to do the, um, the, the, the power con exclusives that came out, you know, with Plasmar, um, Plasmar, AKA Hotshot, Lord Grasp and Terror Roar. But knowing those, I'd love to think that those snake men, snake troopers could be done at some point. The white ninja, which I think is known as Samurai. Yeah. What are they calling him now? Does he have a new name? Uh, was there a new fan name, like Ghost? I thought I seen that. I, say- I thought there was something that uh, a fan or something came up with. I don't. I don't oh, think. Maybe that- a fan. Yeah, samurai doesn't make any sense, but it's trying to play off that the samurai is good, the ninja is evil. We have Ninja or the evil ninja. We need someone heroic. Was it doesn't spelled? Much to call him samurai. Was but- it spelled like normal samurai, or was there that master's wordplay with a hyphen, like samur, and then hyphen i? Like maybe he had some weird way of seeing or something. Uh, part of me wants to sit there and say there was a hyphen in, but I've I, I've only seen it the one time, along with the names of uh, the original names of Terror, uh, uh, Plasmar, and uh, Lord Grasp. In his image, I, or- I have not been able to find it. I have I, I thought I had something to do with. Power and honor, but he was never colored, yeah. though, right? That that white ninja weren't no, colored, no. Okay, yeah, because that's what I mean. Because a lot of people just, since it was black and white, just went with it. Like, damn, that'd be cool. We have Ninja that's in a black outfit. Maybe he would just be white. But of course, I feel like we're just getting Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow then black and white outfits. I feel like we that's been done to death. But well, I mean, hell, it, hell, even the Rambo toy line had white dragon and black dragon. But you know what? I love I love the idea of incorporating ninjas in a lot of these toy lines. Thundercats. He's got Hachiman the Samurai, and then they had an evil ninja show up in his first episode, too. I'm like, 
I ain't gonna argue that. I love ninjas. I like. Samurai. Oh no, it's cool. Like I said, I guess if They're they went cool. with white, if they went with white, I mean, what the heck? I mean, sometimes red looks cool as hell. I mean, hell, just I think anything different, you know, is always just it's welcome. And of course, well, you know, but I, I'm also, you know, a fan. Even though some people may get pissed off that it's essentially just repainting ninja, but I like to think they would give them a new head sculpt that is not gonna look like. Uh, reminiscent of Jitsu's face, they, you know, or, or if they do, give him a different, you know, give him a less evil look on his face, you know, like, like they did with the, the where's a T, where they 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 use uh, Jitsu and call him Shidoshi. Shidoshi, yeah, I like that figure too. Yeah. Which I'm like, okay, I could they, I could go with that if they did if they took Jitsu's head, painted it differently, put it underneath, uh, and, and put it on the, the 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 samurai, the white ninja warrior. I would be cool with that. Yeah, if they're Maybe give him white hair. Give, give him white hair, like like he's he's you know a bit older, but or is he's just got white hair or gray hair? Anything. You know? Like I said, if they'd be recycling parts, I always the one thing that used to drive me nuts was when some people thought that that Ninjor and Jitsu had the same head. I was like, did you guys ever look at these figures? Those no, are there are similarities. Yes. But, but. they are really different when you look at them. I mean, they're really different if yeah. you look at them. Of course, I'll admit, as a kid, you remember I told you, I didn't like taking armor off of none of my figures. And I never removed Ninja's, you know, outfit. I remember I would take the mask and try to peek and look around. But I was like, I ain't taking this off because I was afraid I was going to rip it or lose it. So, but either way, you could look and see. I was like, those were two different things. So, yeah, if we got vintage versions of those, you know, figures, like I said, I'd, I'd, I'd love that. That would just be fantastic, along to go with anything they did for classics. But, well, with that quick side rant out of the way, because we love our side rants. That we're, we're known for that. We'll just start hitting stuff out of nowhere. Um, oh, I just want to say that we have Ivan in the chat room also, and he thought he's seen – now, I don't know if this was a, a misprint he's doing or if this is what he means, but he said he thought he saw Slammerai somewhere. So Maybe it is Slammerai, because I, 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 I remember – I, it was playing off Samurai. Maybe oh, it is Slammerai, because like okay. I said, I've only seen it once, and I've not been able to find it again. So it may, it may very well be Slammerai. All right, well, thank you for that, Ivan. I mean, yeah. I, I did not know that. And then, hey, I mean, I guess that maybe could go with the gimmick, too. Maybe he would have had something where both of his you know, arms could have went in a certain way and you know, would have like slammed down a figure. You wonder what his gimmick could have been. So... Well, thanks, Ivan. Appreciate that. If that's what you've yeah. seen, then I'll definitely do a, a Google search after we're done with the podcast and see if I can find something. But, um, okay. Well, like I said, we talked about, uh, you know, we just talked about the Hoverbots or the Robot Knights. And then we had Faker. We had the figure that, of course, is blue. And then in Filmation just looks like He-Man. And we've always said the reasons and the differences. But it, it's so sad that we never got more of them. I mean, we never truly, truly got, you know... A, a fantastic episode with him. We know that, of course, James Etock and, you know, Dusan is going to be doing the uh, return of Faker, which is going to be great. But Faker's always somebody that, I guess, I used to always try to use my imagination as a kid. I used to think that Faker, for my blue figure, I pictured him being, like, as strong as He-Man, but he couldn't, like, be as strong for so long. And I continued the story in my head always growing up. I figured it was a robot that maybe just had a certain limited power, but then maybe after a while, the power ran down. Because I never wanted him to be He-Man in my story. Remember, this is a kid. You know, I always had to have He-Man win. But uh, I wish we could have got more of Faker. You know, he's, he's a cult character. You see so many people love just drawing, you know, Faker, you know, their interpretations, wearing T-shirts, whatever it is. Faker's somebody I wish we could have got more of. 
Yeah, I, I would have loved to have seen um, Faker, you know, obviously done with the the fake Heeman aspect, and then he's utilized again and just sent in as just a, a mindless um, machine of destruction, much like the Terminator, where he's given a particular mission and just goes through various parts of eternity, just tearing up villages and, you know, ransacking camps and things like just going through on one. I mean, just on this constant mission of trying to either destroy Prince Adam or whatever the case may be, just because of playing up the whole evil robot aspect, you know, you know, just. What would you have wanted to see him as like in filmation? Did you want him to always look like He-Man, same color? Or would you love to see the blue version? And at least you know it's the fake He-Man. Or do you think having him look like He-Man could have caused a lot of like, you know, unique situations and storylines? What would you have preferred seeing in the cartoon more of? Um, I, I think initially we, we, we need to see an evil version that looks just like He-Man. But then obviously... Um, the mechanics get faulty or I'd like to think mechanics. Cause I know people once, I think you even told me too, that Skelter like, you know, like this spell that he puts on Faker wears off. So his skin turns blue and his hair turns orange. Mm-hmm. His armor turns pink or orange. I'm like, no, wouldn't you rather just have like the mechanics that like, there's something that malfunctions during battle and he, it, you know, it, 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 it well, like in uh, the courage of Adam, when the robot of He-Man breaks down, it turns blue. All right, well, why can't that be something similar with, and maybe that's what they were going with. Unfortunately, they just never got around to using Faker. I think they said that was a deliberate nod to being... Yeah, that quick little flash they did, yeah. You know, so why not something like that, where he gets smacked around enough, something's kind of jolting and, and malfunctioning in his head, and everything starts changing to kind of reveal to the villagers or the audience or whoever's surrounding He-Man that's questioning He-Man's sanity, you know, to show, yes, there is an imposter running around here and, you know, he's, he's wearing, you know, the emblem of Skeletor. He's wearing the crossbones on his chest and the bat logo on his chest. And, you know, I think that would be the, and then he stays like that as just this machine that is extremely obedient to Skeletor, much like how Panther's super obedient. Faker's always there at Skeletor's side just not doing anything until he's, you know, asking, you know, Skeletor, you know, says, you know, escort, you know, General Tataran safely to his ship or, you know, get Stinker Rider here. He's pissing me off. And then Faker just immediately just goes right into, you know, uh, I mean, there's so much fun to be had with that character. And I'm so glad that, that James and Deuston are, are doing what needed to be done with this character, because no matter what people still want to see, him look like the toy in the cartoon to see the, the the beautiful blue and pink color scheme that they're going with um, more closer to the cross LR. Because, I mean, come on. We're, everybody's sitting there questioning why he didn't look like the toy and vice versa. But who's going to argue that we all don't want to see the blue faker? Yeah, I mean, because I'll admit, I've always said I never wanted the faker from the cartoon as a toy because I was like, I had that. All you had to do is put... White dot, white dot, there you go to your He-Man figure. How exciting would that have been to have He-Man and Faker, and the only difference was the eyes? It doesn't work toy-wise. In the cartoon, it works because we see the story that's being told in front of us. We see the glowing eyes. We understand what's going on. But as a toy, it's like, okay, they would have looked exactly the same. So, yes, as a toy, I love the blue skin Faker. I love the orange armor. I love that how in that one golden book, the giant golden book, when 
uh, Skeletor was making the faker, his faker, it was blue skin, but he had an orange He-Man harness. So I thought that was kind of a cool variant. Yeah. You know, any yeah, you know, anything like that is kind of different, but definitely that's what I want as for the toy is the blue version. But yes, it would finally be cool to see him in the cartoon after all these years, which we will finally be seeing soon sometime, you know, with the return of Faker. So that'll that, be good. Since we brought up just real quick, I got a quick challenge for him. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious because th this is, I, I'm curious, Deucen, what would Clamp Champ look like in filmation style? <laughs> there you just curious because the only thing he needs to create is, an, is a new head sculpt. Because he's using Fisto's body, different color scheme, of course. But I'm just curious, what would Clamp Champ look like in filmation? Well, now you're telling me he's got to make a clamp too. He's got to do a cool clamp. You know, we got to see that in filmation style. So yeah, I'm curious, just because it's relatively easy for the most part. It's the it's the head that I'm I'm like, how how would he translate the head using filmation? So. Just, just curious about. It. He didn't have to do it, but he's done so many of them. So I'm just like clam champ. That, Question: that's... Which one would you prefer? Because I love him as his toy, but I loved in the comic where he had more of like an afro. His hair yeah. was up more, and I wonder which would look cooler. I, I want. I would definitely like it if he went. What, whatever works for for filmation style. Like if it, if the afro works, the afro works, or the short short you know hair. Works better for filmation. I'm happy with either one, but yeah, I want either to see how, how that looks in filmation because, damn it, that's a character I, I carry a, a, a high flag for. So yeah. I would just love to see how Clamp Champ would look. Yeah, I'd love to see his vision too. So yeah. that would be cool. Completely side note, but when we bring, I'm like, you know, that's something like I'm going to see what Clam Champ looks like in filmation. But all right, um, uh, I was going to say too. Um, uh, well, go ahead, because I'll throw in, uh, depending on what you're going to say next. Well, I was going to bring up one more evil warrior, a robot, and that is Twistoid. And the reason I bring him up is, you know, when you think of not only the gimmick of the action figures you had back then for the energy zoids, which were made to spin, and also the the actual mini comic that they came with to find out that Man at Arms created this gyro machine to create spinning robot warriors. And of course, Skeletor stole the gyro machine and then reprogrammed it and created his own evil version, Twistoid. So he's pure evil and he's a, you know, a pure evil robotic warrior with a spinning feature. And that was another thing that, I mean, I, I can't tell you how much I played with those energy zoids of just revving them up, watching them spin, knocking down characters. I've said the story many times, but I wonder how how that would have translated into the cartoon also, meaning, you know, they would obviously be moving around, like, spinning on the thing, but then, like, when they're non-activated, would they take, like, the, the accessory that they came with, that pedestal, and have a way they would, like, you know, the robots would set in there to wait and charge? Like, it could be a charging station to charge up their energy, and that's where they would be stored before he pops back off, spins, goes into battle. I always wanted to see him in the cartoon, and, of course, see Rotar as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would I would think that you know that that, that that's what they would you know uh, remain in in uh, kind of uh, um, their stasis uh, form would be to sit in what would you know be the contraption that from the toy that they you would use to launch them out to spin around, but that's what Twistoid and multiple ones you I could almost see that as almost like an army builder almost since Skeletor created this drone to essentially combat rotar with the same gyration you know tactics um that when you have a fleet of them they're sitting in these devices just charging 
yeah. until the, until they are you know unlocked, given their command, and then they go spinning into battle. You know, you know, or, or whatever. Yeah, because you wondered. You know, the thing that you always wondered was, you know, the how he looks, how Twistoid looks. You wondered if he was supposed to look that way. <clears throat> Excuse me, I didn't drink any water before doing this show, so I'm choking up. <coughs> there, went for well, I mean, you talk so much, you ought to know better now that you always had to have a bottle of water with you. Yeah, with me, I'd have to you know, stick it under my mask. But, you know, so you wonder if they were supposed to look like that even for Man-at-Arms, because Man-at-Arms created the machine to make, a, you know, an army of basic, basically new spinning robot warriors. So would they have looked like the Twistoids? Because remember, Rotar, I mean, you know, Twistoid, because remember, Rotar... He's completely different because he had all that stuff put onto a, a human or whatever, a living being that was injured in battle. So we really don't know. I wonder, would they have had similarities to Rotar as being heroic warriors? Or were they going to be looking like Twistoids, but they were just uh, you know reprogrammed to be evil as having that Twistoid for Skeletor? I always wondered about that, about the look of Twistoid, if he would have been like that just in general. Or would he have had a lot of different looking robot spinning warriors? Because that's what Man-at-Arms was going to do. Uh, well, I, I kind of felt like with Rotar, though, since he, he's a human, he's going to be the one of a kind, whereas Twistoid is manufactured. He's created from the ground up that, you know, Obviously, storyline-wise, we don't see Skeletor go through with that of creating more. But you kind of feel like if that were the case, yeah, I, I'd imagine they would all look the same. Okay. You know, they're just you know mindless machines. All had the same face, the same you know color scheme and everything. Do you um, have a Twistoid, uh, the vintage one, in your collection around there? Yeah, right here. Turn it to the back, because didn't even look like on the back, he kind of looked like he almost has kind of a somewhat of a, a face design on the back. I never thought that until the Classics version came out, where they really amped up the back to where you could turn it around to make it look like it's it's like a, a mask that goes over his face. Did they? Oh, I didn't know they what? did that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to see. Okay. So you can turn it around. It looks like it's like the the lids came over his eyes and his mouth. No kid, I I have never turned mine around to pay attention. But did they say they actually did design it like that to look like? I I want to say I thought I saw somewhere where that that it was because I'm looking at both of these. It's the exact same thing for people who don't have them with them right now. Okay, okay. But that that's I I never thought it looked you know noticed anything more than yeah. it was just a design on the back but it looks clearly as if like it's another face or something it, that that it does i mean because he has a human looking face you know obviously. like maybe he could see you from both sides as he's spinning he could see forward and back like maybe there would have been a design or something you know could do that or it's just strict that looks like they that his eyes get covered and his mouth gets covered as like an eyes and, and mouth guard when he goes into battle, because obviously you look at this guy, he looks like he can talk like anybody else can. Like he doesn't mm -hmm. talk like uh dialogue where it's just like this kind of, you know, robotic mouth moving, you know, that shows teeth and stuff like that. This looks like he's got, can show, well, dialogue can show emotions too. Um, I don't know. He, he looks like he's so, somewhat humanoid, but I think we, we all know he's just he's all robot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I just thought they'd bring that up. I didn't know if anybody really paid attention to that also. But, all right, now, what were you going to say? I know you are going to move on to a, a Robot 2 before we got to Twisted. Um, uh, yeah, um, I mean, Roboto, uh, 
I, I, I kind of, uh, what I guess what I was going to get at too is, you know, we got all these robots. We got to have a robot war, robot Royal rumble, whatever you want to call it here. And we've got all these various robots thrown in the ring here. You know, it started out with Roboto and Faker. They've been going at, and then Dilemma comes in, and then a fleet of hover robots, and a fleet of horde troopers, and you got Multibot coming, in, and then you got um, uh, Twistoid comes in, and you got all. I mean, no one's been thrown over the top rope yet, but who, who's gonna? Who? What? What are the la- blast attack comes in? You know, whatever, whoever you want. But what? Who does it come down to? The last three in the ring when you got, or last four in the ring. You got one in each turnbuckle. They're staring each other down. You know, you got you know, Bobby the Brain Heenan and, and Gorilla Monsoon are calling this. You know, who's who's going over the top? Who's you know who's what? Be- I could see one cool thing. You know, he could only use it really one time, and it would it would be picture in the middle of the ring. You know, his blast attack being surrounded by everybody, and they jump him like in how that you've seen in a lot of movies of Royal Rumbles, and then you know they're all around, and suddenly an explosion comes, and they fly off of him. But it can only he only uses that one time for whatever reason. So maybe let's say. Multibot went in pieces, just flew out of the ring. He just got disassembled. Boom! Parts went everywhere. So he's been eliminated. And then they can then grab, maybe you see like a Faker and Roboto. They do a quick little team up like a bad guy, good guy. They grab him and they both fling him over the top rope. So you got Faker and Roboto still left in, but you got Multibot that got thrown out. You got Blast Attack that got thrown out. Um, and who did, who did, who else you said? You said, oh, okay, we got uh, Twisted. Uh, Dialog Mug, we got Twisted, we got Hover Robots, we got Horde Troopers, we've got, uh, you know, um, um, well, you know what? Unfortunately, you get the horde trooper that would go running after Faker, like from behind. After he does that, the horde trooper's going after him, but there's a little grease spot left from blast attack. And here goes the stupid, silly slip that the horde troopers always do, like on a banana peel. And then he grabs my Faker, grabs him and flips him over. Yeah, the top I kind of figured the the robot knights and the and the the horde troopers would just be walking calamities throughout the ring, where you could take a hover robot, swing him around. You know, he'd crash into the others. The horde troopers are slipping and falling over the top rope by accident. Just, you know, all then, over each other. All right, so there you go. And then from there, Twister would be, uh, he would go after, like, let's say he's going after Roboto. And he grabs Roboto. But then, who who else would we have? You have Dilemma. Yeah, so Dilemma grabs two. So, again, they're both holding on Twistoid. Twistoid has to go, start spinning, spinning like crazy. And he flings out. Unfortunately, Roboto. Roboto gets eliminated. But Dialogue's still hanging in there. Dialogue's still in there for some reason. And he doesn't get as dizzy because everybody else get dizzy. You think he wouldn't, but he's got spinning faces too. So that somehow keeps him from not getting dizzy. Of course, they're all robots, so why would they get dizzy? So I guess they wouldn't. But he's used to this kind of stuff. So now you got Dialogue, you got Twistoid, and was there anybody else? Did we get rid of Faker or is Faker still in there? Did I get rid of Faker? Faker's still in there, and then you've got... See, you you eliminated Twistoid, you eliminated Blast Attack. The hover robots are gone. The horde troopers are gone from 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 the vintage toy line. If you want to throw in anything else, you can think of robotic wise. Um, I, I think it's down to you eliminated Roboto. So you've got Dialamog and Faker. I think you've just got Dialamog and Faker left. Is that all I got left? Oh, oh Jesus! Oh man, to put them two. Did you eliminate Blast Attack? Didn't you? Uh, yes, he got thrown out after he did it. He did his explosion. So, ah, uh, how would you put the the final scenario? Because I, I 
I always like having Faker, like I said, being somewhat strong like He-Man. Maybe that could be it. Maybe he grabs Dylamog. He lifts him above his head like He-Man will, you know, like having the power or something. Then the power starts fading. And then from out of nowhere, Dylamog reaches into his, like, back contraption and slams a pie into Faker's face and throws <laughs> Faker over the top rope. And you have Dylamog left to be the winner because he's got hit with pies. He is a backup pie for some reason that's in the contraption. Hits Faker in the face. He blinds him. He can't see what's going on. Those are top rope. So there you go. So I, I would probably I, I'd bring would bring it down to the last three. It's gonna be Dylamog, Faker, and Roboto also. But I I kind of feel like with Dylamog being the the pompous you know prick that he is would would get the audience so roused up because he's doing. I mean he's got the the, the you know Roboto is fighting like Robocop. He's he's it's, it's like him taking on Ed Two Hundred Nine and Kane at the same time. And uh, like I, get, I almost feel like just when Dynamo's getting so cocky, that's when Faker and Roboto both. Roboto takes his axe attachment. Faker takes his bare knuckle fist, and they both crush Dynamo's head right in when he's got that devious smile on his face because he's he's gloating. You know, he's he's mocking the fact that you know I'm I've beaten everybody here, and these last two will be going over the top rope, and that's what would do him in. And then you've got Faker's face. You know, all beat up, destroyed, just like Arnold's in uh, in the in uh, Terminator One, Two, and Roboto's holding himself together like Robocop after he's done took it, and it's just going to come down to those two, and Roboto comes out victorious. Okay, yeah, because he put me on the spot. I like that though. I like thinking we'd be on the spot because hey, I mean, and hell, if we were to, uh, you know, like I said, we're doing vintage, you know, in a way, some of the vintage was in my head, but yeah, God forbid you didn't want to throw in MYP Roboto because I could see him doing his artillery of all his, <laughs> his thousand guns yeah, and that, wipe well, out the ring. Then again, right. so we wouldn't have we wouldn't have a whole lot to choose from that, you know, you know, Skeleton yeah, be- doesn't have a full version of Faker. There's no blast attack. There's no dial and mug. Yeah, MVP Roboto would go nuts. He would be, he would just be at such yeah, a Yeah, Roboto is, he is at 209. Yeah, he's, you know, he'd have a big advantage. And, uh, but yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That's cool because, yeah, you know, we didn't really talk about Roboto. That was the last robot I was going to mention. But yeah, my favorite one was MYP's Roboto. I, I just love how they juiced him up, you know, from being that goofy chess playing robot that I just was not a fan of myself. <coughs> he, yeah, when he became Roboto, those big treads on his feet and almost doing like a moonwalk like Michael Jackson, but having all those guns when he came out with super artillery, I was like, that, that's a, that is a bad looking sucker. That is probably one of my favorite revamps of anything from vintage and filmation, whatever you want to say to MYP was Roboto. I love what they did with him. <clears throat> yeah. He would probably be my top two or three. Cause too bad. It's always going to be my favorite, but, uh, Roboto, based on Roboto's gambit, because I like the chess and I like the the chess playing robot that thinks for himself. I liked his voice; it was a hell of a lot better than what they did in Filmation and the upgrade version of Roboto. And then, of course, after that, I didn't like his voice and anything else after that with Roboto. Even though I liked the pairing of him and Cyclone together, but that was cool. Yeah, but uh, um, that and um, I mean, we've talked. Briefly, I mean, I guess, I mean... We didn't mention Weaponstronic or whatever is, uh, I... Artella. Art, or, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, when you see Artella in New Adventures, to me, he kind of comes off like he's a bit of a cyborg. Oh, okay. That he's got some human quality. And enough, enough, I mean, clearly he's 
full-on weapons, you know, even more so than Rio Blast. But I kind of feel like there's something there that makes him a little bit more human as opposed to, you know, everybody else where they're just flat-out robots. Right. It can be argued. I mean, if somebody wants to sit there and feel like that Artilla Weapons Tronic is a, is a robot, okay, I'm not going to argue that. I'm just based on in my own personal opinion. Because yeah, uh, if that were the case, we'd have to throw in Rio Blast, Snout Spout, Mosquito, or Drag Store, Artilla, you know, Cyclone. Yeah, huh? yeah, and Extendar also. Extendar. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's that's another discussion for another day. We could do the Cyborgs, sure. because as we just think, God knows there's plenty of those. Yeah, throw in Mecha Neck with that, too. So, yeah, that, that'll be part, part of the mix, too. Um, uh, Trap Jaw is a, I mean, he's is a cyborg because he's working with robotics. I mean, he's, he is the, probably the epitome of cyborgs and master. Yeah, of we'll save, yeah, we'll do cyborgs for another one. That, that'll definitely be it. Yeah. Well, I like that. All right. And before we transition to this book real quick, I just want to say JSP said that dial mug would get a double clothesline over the top rope. So <laughs> there you go. Just because he is the, I know some people would probably say I would have him the winner. But I would want to build dialogue. If I'm booking this this Rumble match with the robots, I want him to be the biggest douchebag. Like the, the villain you love to hate. The guy that's just like, oh God, he's so he's such a great heel. The guy that Bobby Heenan would be managing. This that's who Dialamog needs to be in this match. Mm-hmm. And Roboto's gonna be the Hulk Hogan of this match. You know, he's gonna get <laughs> He's going to be down on the ground, and then he's going to he's going to get all hulked up, you know, from uh, Faker's punching him in the face, and starts wagging the finger at Faker, and then you know, but they, they temporarily they team up, and they Dilemma gets just trounced because he's just such a douchebag. <laughs> all right. Well, that was our uh, robot discussion of the episode, and finally, we're going to finish it up with the Golden Book, Mask of Evil. And I don't know if you wanted to start off, Tyler, with this and your thoughts, your initial thoughts of the whole book, parts of it that caught your eye, maybe just thought were silly, things you liked, whatever. I've, I've, I've always liked this book. I, I, I mean, I, I, it, I remember it was one of those books that I, I found out as a, as a youngster and came across it in my local library to, to check out. And um, I, I liked it. I, to me, I, I thought the artwork was a, a, a tad, tad. <clears throat> Man, excuse me, still choked on that water. Um, just a tad lackluster. It's not awful by any means. It's not like the trap. Just interesting other. in parts, you know. Meaning, yeah. but parts- it's, uh, overall, it's yeah. it's it's good. Um, I, I it's a very simple story, extremely simple. That this uh, is, it, is it. Irina, Irina, yeah. Irina, Irina. Irina is is uh, Tila and Anne's uh, childhood friend. She's coming to the palace to play her her her, her uh, harp to entertain the royal palace. Orko stumbles upon that she's you know sharpening a knife. He's kind of puzzled by that. One of the and strangest she, knives, by the way, you ever see. It was so jagged. I always wanted it, like, the jagged, clearly a knife that's meant meant for killing someone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Orca notices it and of course and he plays his flute. She gets upset because her wine glass breaks on her. The flute kind of is, is I think it was the Kings, but either way you're right. Was King? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's my mistake. But she, uh-huh. she gets pissed off and, and, and attacks Orko because of it. So Orko confides in Adam that there's something a bit odd about her. So Adam goes, turns from the He-Man, and goes to see the Sorceress and confirms that that's not really Irina. Irina's been captured by Merman, 
and she's being held captive in the slime slump, you need to go and, and stop that imposter because she's using her music to put the royal palace to sleep, which will enable skeletal native wars to come in and sack the palace. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, he comes in while she's playing her music and destroys her harp, and she transforms into this lizard woman, which I always found very striking as a kid, this beautiful woman. I'm looking at the book, becomes this hideous lizard monster. And yeah, that was creepy. Or Triclops, Trap, John Beastman, all ready to go, you know, and go into battle. And um, and I, I like the fact that when they drew it, even the cover, Merman looks very reminiscent of Filmation, which was always striking to me as a kid. It was always so cool to see Filmation references in things outside of that. And Laura Norm's beautiful cover of Merman holding the crystal ball when Irene is in there looking beautiful and, and scared. And yeah, it's a beautiful cover. I mean, just epic as hell. And you see that tra- translate into the book. I mean, it's nowhere near as good as Norm's painting. But that story falls out, what you see <coughs> in that. And it's it's a fun, simple story. I mean, it's it's not something that I feel like it's not going to change your life. It's not going to – I don't recommend it being the introductory book. But it's still a good story. It. It's a good yeah, one. Like story. Yeah, I, I like it. It's it's um, – um, it's it's not sort of uh, Skeletor. It's not um, Thief of Castle Grayskull. It's not time tr- time trouble. But you really hate that Thief of Castle. Or no, not Thief of Castle Grayskull. You you hate it's a tra- or the trap, don't you? Hate the tra- but the tra- the thing the thing about it, I can't crap on it but so much because the cover is one of the best of the entire series. So yeah. I kind of feel like. I know, love that cover for the trap. That that the, is the cover from the trap. That that at least I think it's. It, it's a saving grace for a really bad story it, for most people. Bad story-wise, I think a friend in need. It, not like any of them are extremely horrible and offensive. That would be the trap. Was that a hero in? Was that a hero in need or whatever? <coughs> hero in need, not friend in need. Excuse me. Um, it was just a boring story. It, it didn't didn't wasn't exciting or anything like that. It was just there. Yeah, because like the mask could be. You're right. This Mask of Evil, I mean, everybody's going to understand. You were always looking at those beautiful covers of the books back then. And no, it never translated like that into the actual book itself. It was always done by a a multitude of different artists. And some looked better than others. This one was pretty good. And what I noticed, was this Al McWilliams? Who was this that did the art? Was it Al McWilliams? Or I... I, I don't. I don't have the book in front of me. I I, I don't know because I he he his. I recognize that art. I think in a couple of other. Yeah, he's. It's been in a couple, but you know what you notice is like the sorceress in like some of the distant shots. She seemed like she has like more of a really feathery type of detail to her. But there was this distinct close-up shot of the the sorceress in the Mask of Evil that you could tell looked just like Filmation. Like, he looked at least at Filmation for reference for there. But, you know, you're right. The story, like like you said, I mean, Oracle sees, you know, Lady Irina when she's sharpening the knife and then gets upset about the glass breaking and knows something's up. And Prince Adam knows something's up, too, because he's knowing that she's always been against against violence and wouldn't have a weapon. Like, the thought of her having a, a knife or whatever, that's something that didn't sound right to him. So he said, finds out from the sorceress, and yes, this, is, this isn't her. And when he does, when He-Man does smash that harp and, like, it started transforming into a reptile character. I remember it looked so, it's just so gross to me as a kid. I was like, yeah, it's like a sexy woman, but now gross. But then because at the top upper part of the body, 
is the reptile, but the lower part, you still see the dress and everything. But then later in the book, if you look, you'll see it's all lizard except like the crotch area. Yeah. Looks like it was made to look like the dress, but in just trunks form, if you will. Yeah. But so, yeah, they took care of her. And then, of course, Skeletor with all his evil warriors, they're thinking they're going to like now take over. Well, now that the, the harp has been broken, the spell over everybody else is broken. So now everybody woke up and was able, you know, able to defend themselves. Even with King Randor with a weird kind of, he had this weird spiked ball mace. Look, I was, was going to try and beat the hell out of the lizard. Yeah, I was like, wow. I just thought that was like a weird weapon. And like, you know, of course, Tila had her cobra armor and her gun. And then, but when He-Man gets to, you know, finally go to the slime swamp to, you know, find the real Lady Irina and Merman there. Uh, you, you see the, the Wind Raider, you see part of the Battle Ram, and He-Man's trying to, I think he tries to use his sword to maybe crack that yeah. that big giant thing, but he can't. And I forgot what happened earlier, when Orko played his flute to break that wine glass, it clicked in his head, Man of Arms picked that up earlier in the, in the book, and he put it into his trunks. He was like, maybe this could work. So then He-Man blows on the whistle, and it shatters that uh, that crystal that was surrounding her because I guess it was supposed to be that strong. So I guess it showed maybe a certain type of magical and maybe it's a trolling flute, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know, because it, it was it was interesting because even though He Man's sword is imbued with power and magic, it wasn't strong enough to to destroy this certain kind of crystal sphere around her. But it took the magic of this flute that you know, like you said, maybe it's special trolling magic that it was actually able to shatter and free her. So then Tila and, you know, later then Prince Adam can be reunited with their childhood friend and around the, you know, the, the table in the Royal palace as they were. Oh, and then I think they even said at the end, King Grandor made sure he had like a steel goblet instead of a glass one to make sure it went. <laughs> so, you know, it ends with a, like a little lighthearted thing. And of course, Tila giving uh, Prince Adam a little rough time, like what, where are you at when trouble's always going on? So, he always likes doing that, you know, like, or she likes doing that. Like he said, always kind of, in a way, busts his balls. We didn't hear nothing the whole entire book, but right at the end, she gives it to him. And she looks slightly different. There was, I, I could never figure out what it was, but when they drew her at the end in that last panel, she looked weird compared to other parts when I seen her. And I think I finally realized what maybe got me was like her hairline, which would come, you know, down here, normally over the tiara or her, that she wears, was not there. They didn't have the hair, and it just made made her appear different. But no, otherwise, yeah, the art's different. I mean, like you said, it's not the best, but it's not the worst. Like, you know, you can look at a panel with Beast Man, and he looks real human in the face, more human than Beast. Yeah, and, and Triclops looks, you know, Skeletor even has kind of a human quality to his face, too, and he has a unique Skeletor. That if it is Alan McWilliams, he always draws Skeletor that way, real green and strange. It's different. Yeah, I mean they all they they all look good. It's all I mean I, I as a kid I I enjoyed all of it. I I thought all the everything was cool looking, and as an adult, you know, it doesn't compare to some of the other uh, Golden Book artists that we've talked about. You know, and even the ones we haven't gotten to yet. But that's not to take anything away from it. I think it's no. it's um I wouldn't put it in my top three, but it's 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 a good story that overall from beginning to end. It's not even an average story. It's I mean it's a simple story, but I'm saying the the award I give this book is it's I mean I give it I give it two thumbs up because it is 
it's you know it's got all your your core characters are there. I think the book was published in 1984, so it's using cast of characters from the previous year, '83, which you know Triclops and Trapjaw are included in that one. It holds your attention the whole time. I mean, it just yeah, holds it your does attention. because uh, every, everybody, everybody that you're familiar with in '80. 1984, probably before the 84 wave comes out, they're all featured in this book. So, um, and, and it's it's the essential cast of characters that, you know, casual He-Man fans are more familiar with. So you, you don't see Clawful and Jitsu and Mechanek and Buzzoff in this. It's, it's your standard, <coughs> geez, standard cast of characters in this. And um, I, I have a, an appreciation for certain, certain stories that just use the uh, original cast of characters in a simple good versus evil story, you know, like this, you know, trying to save this beautiful woman from Skeletor's clutches. Um, it's, I, I, that's what I enjoy about Master of the Universe is that the simplest stories are often the best ones. Yeah. And I always, always like the combining what some artists do, you know, how they'll see from toy to the cartoon and combine things like Tila just, uh, she always fascinated me in a lot of the stories when many artists would still draw her with the cobra armor, you know, and this is... And I like that, though. I, yeah, I, and I, like I do. That. Exactly. Yeah. I like that because it's, you know, what's funny is they'll they'll still draw her at times to where she looks like she's in filmation, but it's like when she goes into battle, they put on the cobra armor, which kind of is, yeah. it makes a little sense. Like, you're going into battle, you're going to put on armor. And, and that's another thing. Hell, if you want to call out and say something for, you know, Deucin to do, like, have him draw... Tila in the Cobra armor and filmation style. That's something we never got. I think that would yeah, be that, that's an interesting one to see. Yeah, I'm 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 in agreement with that. Clamp Champ and, and uh Cobra armor Tila. That that's what we need, need him to put together. Definitely. So but uh yeah, so well that was uh like I said, that's been our episode for the robots, the story, earlier talking about the possible Hasbro Mattel thing and other things, but uh well, before we wrap up, Tyler, I don't know if you had any shout-outs or anything you wanted to say to anybody out there or any updates on stuff or anything you wanted to shoot out there. Um, I touched on this last week. I'm going to say this again here. The um, Leech mini-comic, I've got some extra copies. Um, I've got a set set number of extra copies. And I've talked with Joe about this a while back before I got these in hand. We were going to do some sort of contest and, you know, the winners would get a copy of the Leech Minicom. I'm not sure how many copies I'm going to use for what we would do, like maybe a, a you know once a week kind of contest until the remaining uh, supply are gone. Um, but, well, me and Joe will talk about it. You know, if, you, if you'd like to get a free copy, I will handle the shipping. I'll send it to you gladly just from listening to the show and winning whatever we decide to do, whether it's trivia or. Yeah, we'll think of something next week. Some kind of we'll, we'll come up with yeah. something to to help to move you know, to move this. But if you want to purchase your own copy, it's only eight bucks, um, and you need to contact Karsten at I want a He Man comic at AOL dot day. That's D E. And you can also go to the Cardbacks Mini Comics and More Facebook page where he's posted various updates. He's working on two other projects, art projects as well. But we um, have intentions to do. Um, another mini comic that's not very good, much like the original Leech mini comic as well. But um, well, we're going to figure out something there to uh, give out these uh, free mini comics to uh, listeners on the podcast. And um, all you have to do is just send us, you know, send me your name and mailing address, and I will send you a copy of this for free. 
just for a listen to the podcast. We'll we'll figure out the uh, um, the kind of contests and rules and all that stuff. Uh, hopefully for next week as well. But um, other than that, um, I don't think I really got anything else to um, discuss. I mean, I always encourage people to check out Kevin Sharp's artwork and his Kickstarter. Uh, check out Axel Jimenez's <laughs> artwork. You know what's funny? I'm sorry. That's what? weird. You just mentioned Kevin Sharp. That is the spookiest shit, um, stuff in the world. Would you believe he just popped up in the chat room? He just Kevin. Popped up. He Kevin just... You're in there right now. I'm 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 plug, plugging your artwork again there, bud. So <laughs> if you're you're listening to me right now. Just just so you know, we're 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 stroking your ego here. That's spooky. So let's go. So well, hey, thanks for joining I've us. That is uh, his king. His print. <clears throat> let me let me just. I'll show it to you here. Go ahead, because yeah, you're right. You know that was weird. He comes right when, right when Tyler mentions his name. How about that? That is well, spooky. If, you, if you're interested in prints or uh, original artwork by Kevin, this is his print of King Hiss that he did. I have this in frame in, on my uh, wall of his various artwork here. That's wicked. Hopefully, you can see that pretty good as I'm as I'm talking here. But um, that's just an example of his uh, stunning work. If you're interested in getting uh, commissions and original artwork, and he's a big Thundercats fan as well, Marvel, DC, whatever, you can have He-Man fighting Batman if you want. So, so, you know, if you want to see something like that, you want to see Panthro taking on the humanoid from Pawns of the Game Master, two gray-skinned guys with blue harnesses and pointy ears. You can have that done if you want to, whatever you want. So, if you want to see him take and turn his vision of what we were talking about earlier, take the Wind Raider and turn it into a Transformer and put it into a robot and have the missiles on the shoulders and like spinning like, you know, maybe that, uh you know, the grappling hook that comes out. Maybe he has that as a weapon too. It's a steel cable. And at the end, it's a sharp blade. So, oh, sorry, just had an idea. Okay. Well, you could do that. Or he also has depicted Faker and Roboto. And uh, you can have Faker and Roboto in some sort of grudge match. You know, he's done Faker holding Roboto's head. So um, there's all kinds of stuff. So I, I, he's on Facebook. He's on DeviantArt. You know, check him out. Super, super wonderful guy. And um, he'll uh, do whatever you, you want to see put to paper. So I, I, I suggest uh, checking out his artwork as well. Okay. As for me. Remember, I never promote my customs on this show, but for my one buddy, and I'm still working a progress or a work in progress. You know, I was going to show him that I'm working on his his Rocky figure. It's going to be like, uh, well, yeah, it's going to be in the Masters of the Universe style. So I still got some details to put onto the figure and everything. And <coughs> it looks like the Rocky toiling they did for Rocky Three. Well, what I did was I, I'm I'm able to modify the head, but I had to sculpt my own trunks and do the gloves too. So these gloves, I got to uh, change up too, but I sculpted the trunks, new parts to the boots, and uh, it'll be Rocky as a master's figure. That's what he wanted. So the cool little detail that I'm going to leave is I'm going to leave the fur on the boots and have that blue, but yeah, I'm going to leave that detail. So that's going to be the master's detail left for the Rocky figure is going to be the fur on the boots. And it's not Rocky like Rocky Balboa. It's rock hyphen he. That's the way of playing the Masters hyphen game. Rock he. Rock. Is it rock he or rock e? Rock he. So rock he. and then hyphen h he. So it's like you're still saying rock he, but it's got the he man gimmick. So gotcha. there you go. I want to do that for yeah, doing that for my buddy then, and but I'd show that. So 
All right, now that I'm done with my uh, cheap promotional plug from for myself, I just want to thank everybody that was in the chat room and joining us for this episode. We really appreciate it. Hope to see you here next week. Hope you enjoyed the episode also. And now I'll tell you guys where to go. You can all go to fansofpower.com, go to popculturenetwork.com, go to hemanworld.com, and on Facebook, go to Masters of the Universe He-Man and She-Ra Ultimate Fan Group. All great places, all great people. So until next time, have a powerful day. Would you like a shot at the title? Don't mind if I do. Jesus, you know, I feel like I, I should have just seen this damn movie. Whatever you said. Damn it. Uh, see, I'm going to say I don't know. Then you're going to say some fan you are, Joe. Okay, I don't know. What, what is it? You got to tell me. Mel Gibson and Gary Buser from Lethal Weapon. Oh, that was their fight uh, towards the end or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah when yeah. they finally throw down and he says, would you like a shot at the title? Oh, oh. I love to use that sometime. That'd be right. awesome. There you go. All right. That's, so. that's, it needs to see He-Man saying that to Skeletal when, when we see them clash for the first time. You want a shot at the title? They'd be yeah. like, don't mind if I do it, He-Man. They're going to get some guy to do a really bad impression of Skeletor from Filmation. And then, oh, man, this is funny. I remember he was real whiny, too, in Filmation when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, God. They're not doing him any favors making Skeletor. Let me ask you this. Oh, Where the hell do, do, do people get this meh thing? Oh, that, we've said that, that, that before. That I, We've, we've, Where the hell did that come from? You know what? We've said this before on the podcast. This is the quick last minute rant we're doing, but um, no, he's never went meow with the M Y A H. No, no and I see it so much. And it I pisses think they're me off. I think they're confusing it. Where sometimes where he's like maybe like yelling, where he goes but that's not meow. I was like, where are they putting this M-Y-A-H? I hate it because he's never said meow in the history of filmation. But sure enough, it's made enough t-shirts and memes. And- yeah, and it makes his kills look dainty. You know, he goes, meow. You know, yeah. or like you sound like a 1930s gangster from a Looney Tunes park. Meow, 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 Okay, well, that's our last minute rant. Just when you thought we were done, we weren't. But now we are. So thanks again for doing this in the chat room. We'll see you guys all next week. Take care.